What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and I got another fantastic episode, a solution-focused episode. So we bounced back and forth. Uh, last night, we had a deep dive down the rabbit hole with human vibration, which was awesome. I'd encourage you guys to go check that one out. That was a lot of fun. I've gotten tons of good feedback about it. And uh, although I, I forgot to put my microphone settings so that they actually came so that my audio came through my mic. Okay, yep, I just checked. It is coming through my mic, so sounding good. Uh, you guys in the chat, if you hear my audio coming through all shitty, let me know, because like it defaults to go through my webcam, and it sounds like shit. So anyway, I know it's not your fault. Actually, I do have a bounty out there. I put it in my Telegram channel. I said, okay, if any of you are watching the show, and you can tell that my audio is not coming through the mic, drop it in the chat, and I will Venmo you or PayPal you like 25 bucks after the show. Okay, you guys are my producers offline you got to watch my back sometimes i'm just running and gunning i like literally just sometimes go from a job site to like hit and record on here and i don't even have time to get my head straight so if i mess up some setting let me know dude and i'll, I'll send you some money so anyway until the day we have producers in studio running the ones and twos in the background but anyway you guys uh, i got a fantastic show for you tonight um we got uh patrick from arto survival on aka wild med bear shout out to all the bears out there that may be watching or catching the replay uh but before we get too far into it you guys i just want to take a moment and tell you how you can come follow and support the show so rebunked.news is the website, and I want to encourage you to sign up for the email list. That way you can get notifications about any time I go live, uh, anytime you know there's an announcement with the show. Um, and I do have some announcements coming up that I'm very, very excited about, so please make sure you join the list. It's rebunked.news, and then you'll get notifications from me. Um, if you scroll down the page here, you're going to see a few, a few of the affiliate links, including the t-shirt shop, which we're going to look at here in just a sec. Um, any value for value donation contributions, and then the social media. So rebunk news is kind of the tag on all social medias. The best place to be is telegram t.me forward slash rebunk news. And then in addition to that, there's a chat channel where you guys can all chat together. That's t.me forward slash rebunked chat. I haven't quite put a little icon on the main page there, but, uh, t.me forward slash rebunk chat. That's where all the people are in there chatting away, sharing memes and articles and stuff. And I'm usually in there periodically throughout each day, just chatting with the people. So it's a great, great little hang. So uh, let's see, these are all the video platforms and then make sure you're also subscribed on all the podcast players. That way you can listen on the go. Um, so yeah, affiliate links real quick, you guys. Well, before we, sh before we do that, let's talk about t-shirts. So this is uh, the Rebunk t-shirt shop brought to you by Big Frog t-shirts in Beaverton, Oregon. These guys are awesome. Uh, they're listeners of the show, uh, Liberty minded t-shirt shop. Look at this. So this is the newest edition. I reached out to Amanda who was on the show recently, Amanda sick. And I was like, Amanda, I got an idea for a shirt. Look at this. Perfect in time for Valentine's day. Everybody climate change is hot. You know what I mean? Let's trigger some woke retards over Valentine's day. What do you say folks? What do you say? So climate change is hot. 16 bucks. Can't beat it. Uh, of course, Patrick, I don't know if you've seen this. You might dig this. This is the classic Beavis. Are you, th are you threatening me? uh gadson flag shirt there that's been selling like crazy so i appreciate all your guys' support over there in the t-shirt shop uh it's a lot of fun there's all kinds of designs too much too many dimension here um and oh yes yeah, so we just got women's uh size shirts up because you guys asked for it we got that going and then there's hats beanies all that fun stuff and again not only are you supporting the show but you're supporting the liberty-minded t-shirt shop in the heart the belly of the beast in beaverton oregon so 
Uh, also, back on the main page, you're going to see a link to the uh, Richard Grove's autonomy course. You'll see a link in the episode description. It's kind of crazy. They actually just put out like an ad copy, an emailer that was like my story. I didn't even know that they were doing that, but they wrote this like big thing talking about my story in terms of like, you know, starting my own little handyman business and uh, <clears throat> how through starting my own business and, and, and finding more autonomy in my life, it has allowed me to branch out and do more things related to what I actually love to do, which is the podcasting, media production. Uh, you know, I've got so many projects that we're launching right now and it's so exciting, but I've only been able to do that really just because of the freedom that uh, being an entrepreneur and a business owner has given me. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some of that tonight on this episode. And so, you know, if you want to learn some of this stuff, just uh, click the link in the episode description and it'll take you to the obstacle course here where you get to learn, uh, you, you, you know, see if autonomy is a good fit for you. I just graduated season eight of autonomy. So I can speak, you know, I can actually speak to this and say that just like the skills and the knowledge and the insights and just kind of the mindset reframing that I got from autonomy was just life changing, you know, and I'm carrying that into so much of what I do today. So I can't recommend it enough. At least, you know, I just want to encourage you guys to, you know, hit the link in the description, go through and see if autonomy is good for you because it's really been, a game changer for me. And it kind of continues to pay, pay off, you know, and, 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 you know, the autonomy, like once the, the season ends, like that's really where you, your journey begins for me. Cause now I'm actually putting in work for autonomy unlimited, which is the, uh, Richard Groves, um, you know, marketing agency. Uh, I'm actually putting in work for them. And so it's just, it's good stuff, man. So if you have any questions, let me know, but also just click the link and go through the obstacle course. Uh, just a quick shout out truth TRS, heavy metal detox, truth TRS.com. Fantastic stuff. Works great. Just detoxes, cleanses all the nasty shit that's been pumped into our system through the air, water and all that stuff. And then the last thing I want to shout out before we get going too far. So you guys, the unjected show is crushing so hard right now. So this is uh, if you're not familiar with the unjected show, this is a collaboration between myself, uh, comedian Zach Brown from the Unfit Statesman podcast, and the two founders of the unvaccinated dating site, unjected.com. Okay, because if you, if you guys aren't on unjected.com, if you're single or if you're looking for a community, it's a fantastic place to meet other unvaccinated, like-minded people. Uh, it's it's so fantastic. And so anyway, I collab I, I, we started the show a few weeks ago and it's just been blowing up, dude. It's just off the hook. And we've, we already, we've already had Dr. McCullough on as a guest host. And basically it's a live call-in show where we take your calls. Um, and, and, and it's all centered around like, you know, the unvaccinated dating scene. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's so much fun tomorrow night. Okay. Tomorrow night. Oh, it says premium there, but it's not premium. It's, it's going to be free. Um, I just have to change that setting. But anyway, tomorrow night, we are having on Frank Cavanaugh, who is the bass player of the band Filter, former bass player of the band Filter. He got kicked out because he was uh, too red-pilled, and they didn't want him around. So uh, Frank Cavanaugh is a former bass player of the band Filter. You know what I mean? That's the band that, uh, hey, man, nice shot. You know what I mean? They were huge in like the 90s, early 2000s. Um, and so Frank's a friend of mine, uh, and, and he's coming on for a date, a rock star edition of the unjected show tomorrow night at 9 PM Eastern time here on Rockfin. So make sure you tune into that. Okay. Thank you guys so much. I know that was a little bit of an extra long intro, but, uh, I really, uh, appreciate you guys hanging with me for that. So without further ado, let's bring in Patrick Norton from Arto survival. What's up, Patrick? How you doing, man? Hey, Scott, man. Thanks for having me real quick. I want to say yeah, your intro animation is like. Off the hook, cool. And yeah. the second thing I want to say is, I did we talk about Beavis and Butthead? No. Or did you just know that that's my favorite? Show? I think it's the best show that was ever made. I think it's the greatest show ever made too. I have a spot on Beavis and Butthead impression, but it's kind of hard to do like extemporaneously. It's like, uh, hey, Beavis, look at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's good. It, it, that's good. It, it just comes out. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's my favorite too. It's like one of my favorite shows too. But uh, a friend gave me this flag with that that design on it with like Beavis, the Are You Threatening Me, the Gadsden flag thing. Yeah. I just figured you're like a liberty minded, don't tread on me type of guy. And so like the Beavis thing, you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. so well, the Beavis, oh, yeah. the, uh, Beavis and Butthead over Liberty for me. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I got Beavis and Butthead merch all over my shop. Like I have a big That's... sign that has them walk in and it says crossing. It's pretty dude, cool. you're gonna have to get one of them shirts. I'm telling you, I, dude, those shirts are pretty badass, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm excited about those. I'm gonna get yeah. that climate change one too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh yeah, climate change is hot, man. So yeah, yeah. The, and the, oh, that's the other thing too. I don't know what your merch situation is, but I always say this too. It's like a, when I'm promoting this stuff, is that those guys at Big Frog T-shirts. Anybody listening to, if you're a content creator, they'll, they'll make they'll make your website for you. They'll create your designs. Like if you have an idea for a design, they'll throw it on up in the store for you. They're fantastic people. If you want to get in touch with them, let me know. So it's great, great opportunity. So anyway, holy crap, man. So uh, very grateful to have you on the show today. You know, I love to discuss uh, solutions, and I feel like you're just living it, man. Like you're literally just living uh, a lot of the things that you know, a lot of us, like maybe in like the bear community in particular, like, like we wish we could like, you know, at least the skills, you know what I mean? Like, it's so, it's so cool. We could do now. We, we first met at bear fest in Missouri. Uh, you were, you were there, you were doing your thing. You were doing some courses. You, you were one of the speakers, um, taught me, well, we, we were, we were doing hands-on like a Flint light and Flint. Uh, I, I had a little bit of trouble with it, but, but, you know, I feel like th that's one of the things like you just think in your head, oh yeah, I can do that. But then when you actually hands-on start to do it, it's like, well, this is actually more difficult than I thought. So anyway, all that to say, uh, very excited to have you on and talk about all this stuff, but before we get too far into it, um, because I'm really excited to get into your backstory too, cause I heard you on with Owen and, uh, you guys went really deep into like, you know, your journey and I resonated with so much of it. You know, I, I, I too am, am, you know, in recovery from all the same things you were doing, man, like same exact shit. And so it's like, I feel, I feel like, you know, connected with you on that level too. So, but before we get too far into it, why don't you give us a brief overview? Like what is Artos survival? Okay. So Artos survival, um, kind of something that, for the last, you know, few years, you know, I used to be an instructor for one of the top survival schools in the country, um, or at least, you know, if you go on Google, it's going to be rated one of the top. And um, it was something I really loved. During that time, I was kind of trying to go into, uh, you know, the service uh, realm, like, like a military first responder kind of stuff. I ended up um, kind of in wildland firefighting, which, uh, you know, now I'm glad knowing what I know, I didn't go the military route. The training would have been cool, but, um, ended up in wildland firefighting and got to experience, uh, working for the federal government, um, during COVID. Mm. Uh, so, uh, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, coronavirus, you know, whatever yeah, the, the lock, trademark is. The lockdown era. Yeah. Uh, a, a friend, so a friend meant, yeah, yeah. Anyway, go it ahead. was, it was something I really liked doing. I, I really wanted to make a career out of it, but, I knew that it was gonna that I wanted to start my own survival school because that was like really what I, I enjoyed doing is teaching and uh, bringing life saving skills and knowledge to not just professionals but also lay responders as well. Um, and the problem with wildland firefighting is it is uh, more than a full time job. It's you know eight nine months out of the year you're working a minimum of 12 to 16 hours. Sometimes I like to say we work 40 hour days because we would work 40 hour shifts all the way through. You know, it's, 
the summer is and California's fire season is is very long. And so the summer is packed. You don't have a lot of time to do much else. Um, and um, and then that combined with all the politics of, um, you know, trying to, you know, make people get vaccinated, trying to, um, you know, and there's also politics built into the first responder system in the federal and working for the federal government pre lockdown era too. So I got to experience it all. I set some criteria. Like if I'm not, it's an ultimatum really, if I'm not going to get to these points or if it gets to this point, this is when I'm, I'm just going to definitively leave and just go all in on Arto. So that last year in fire, I had it started in as an LLC in California and um, kind of just moved it to Montana and uh, the rest is history. Now I'm just, trying to figure out how, how to do a business like this. It's pretty unconventional. So, yeah, that's amazing, man. So, so when did you ended up, when did you end up moving to Montana? Uh, I came here November of 21. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Right on. Uh, so what was your experience like going from a place like California to Montana? You know, it really wasn't that, that big of a deal. I grew up okay. in the city in California. Um, but you know, being, someone who's spent a lot of times outdoors, yeah. you know, and, and generally the wildland fire, you know, the, the uh, stations that we bunk at are in very rural areas of California and California is generally pretty, they get it, you know, uh, compared, you know, it's really just a couple of areas in the Bay area, LA yeah. that are, are pretty gone, but, um, but most of California gets it. So I had, I had the rural lifestyle kind of already in my heart and I knew what I wanted. So coming out here was Definitely more freedom, but uh, that's easy to get used to. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I can totally relate to that. Like, I basically moved from Oregon to Tennessee, and so I had a you know similar going from a very deeply blue area to now deeply red area. Even though I am in Nashville, granted, you know it is pretty kind of masky still. You know, you see a lot of masks, weird stuff well, here, but still, Oregon, Oregon depends too. Because man, I was yeah. in the, I was in on the border right there, right in the border in Tule Lake, True. California. Yeah. yeah, which is right below Klamath Falls, Oregon, and that's state of Jefferson. They're red as it can. As oh, yeah. Yeah. Southern Oregon's a whole different ballgame from like Portland, like the Willamette Valley stretch there. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah. so yeah, man. So, uh, so I'm really curious, like when, um, when you, you felt like, okay, so you were already kind of working in, in the area and you were trying to go in the military, but like, okay, so, so you're, let's, let's go back up a little bit. So, uh, you know, for me, you know, I got, I got lost there for a few years. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I found myself, uh, seeking things outside of myself to change the way I felt on the inside, you know, and one thing led to another, went through some like tragic things. And the next thing I know, I'm like completely lost, you know, running and gunning, getting high, just like, you know, it was bad, man. It was bad. And then it took me out of the game for several, several years, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it took me several attempts at trying to get clean before I realized, you know, uh, you know, there's so much more to life out there than that. And then, you know, I've talked about my story several times on the show and I don't want to get too far into it, but it was like, you know, today I see so much of like the things that, uh, you know, kept me trapped before, you know, I've been able to overcome so much, but it's like, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen like, once I recalibrate those same tendencies to like out there, like doing criminal shit or like doing like drug related shit. Once I recalibrate that and apply that towards like running a business or being like, you know, productive in real life, you know, the sky's the limit. Anything's possible. Uh, I'm curious, like how has your recovery or your, 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 uh, you know, your, your transition toward good, like how has that like impacted and fueled where you're at today? 
It's a really good question. Probably something that I could spend a few hours talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I quickly want to say it's funny you say that because one of the um, major, like one of the docs that I was um, talking to at one of the programs I went to when I was like first really dedicating myself to getting clean. Uh, he said that, and I, I can't corroborate this, but he said he had read some studies about something about the brain chemistry of addicts and comparing it to explorers mm. in, you know, ages past interesting and how it, it was likely very similar but we don't have uh horizons to explore in the same way that that they did you know and, and then we have all these these um uh you know easy outs available to us on the street that you can just buy off the corner you know so. yeah that is that is pretty interesting like you know we, we there's we have this desire to seek something that, outside of ourselves and before there was a natural avenue for that but you know we we had to go be destructive yeah. with it but and but, it uh, really is there is uh there are those avenues because i'm living out here in montana yeah. and you can you know california is very uh wildernessy uh you know people don't realize that but it's full of a lot of unexplored places and uh, montana is the same and, and just especially the united states is such a vast country with a lot to do a lot to explore but we've kind of been conditioned to be comfortable in our little uh you know suburban or urban kind of pod lives yeah so. yeah 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 totally well i mean i gotta commend you man like it's that's awesome you know uh I, you know i worked in the in the field for a while you know as a, as a counselor actually like that was my that was my thing up until 2021 i got fired for not taking the shot back in oregon you know and that kind of was shook things up for me quite a bit but i got to work in the field quite a bit and seeing people's journey going from, you know, you know, addiction, active addiction to being in recovery to then going on to have these incredible lives. You know what I mean? Like, are you ever in awe of like the life you get to live now compared to like where we came from? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, um, you know, you're talking, you know, you kind of asked me, I, did, I kind of veered off a little bit you're about good. how it's affected, you know, and, and influenced where I'm at now. And it's like, it's it is it's weird because it is really you're you're just you're surviving you're kind of causing your own discomfort through your need to be comfortable when you yeah. get into drugs and stuff like that yeah and it's i don't know it's it's you're you're making one of your your requirements to survive in an unnatural state if that makes yeah. any sense no 100 percent. so Make it's it's like you know, learning a lot of the um, how to get by, especially, you know, I was homeless for a period and, yep. you know, figuring out how to get money to get um, obviously drugs first and then, you know, food. Uh, but, um, you know, stuff like that, how to talk to people, how to interact with people, um, how to interact with authorities, um, different stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's that's played a role in what I've um in, in kind of what I've learned about the urban aspect of things. And um, also as far as like persevering, especially the getting clean part and then instilling uh, positive habits into my life, uh, like really making it a part of my life. Like one of the big things that helped me um, was that helped me stay clean and get clean was the military. Like I was ready to do special ops. Like that was what I was going to do. They wanted me, but your criminal history 
doesn't just go away. You're, yeah. you're you know, whatever your background. Um, but I was like, I was crushing the physical fitness stuff. I was trying to change, you know, my health. Um, and it took a while. It was one of those things where like I was smoking a couple packs a day. You know, I, I could barely go be on a, on a treadmill for a couple of minutes, five minutes. And then you just, I worked it till it was like, I made myself uncomfortable working out every day. So that means you're increasing your workload every day mm -hmm. and doing something positive for yourself and uh, changing your habits, just all kinds of things, the, the way you talk to people, even like, um, and, and there were times, there were things that I, I, I swung the pendulum, pendulum hundred percent the other way. And I still need to kind of bring it back to a good balance. Like certain things, like when I was using, I would be 100% cynical and distrusting of almost everybody. Oh yeah. And now I can be, um, like, you know, like, Hey, it is what it is, man here. Let me help you out. Like, even if it, it could possibly be to my detriment, sometimes I'm too kind to people, you know, and, and I don't let people walk all over me or anything like that. But, you know, it's something I could dial. I, I've been dialing back over the years, you know, so it's like a lot of things are uh, have kind of gone the opposite direction from zero discipline to full discipline. And and that is huge in in recovery. But you also need to allow for yourself to relax and uh, enjoy life and get out and do things and not think that everything has to be regimented. You know? Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. You know, you touched on a couple of things that really reminded me of like some of the stuff we talk about in recovery is like, um, you know, some of the literature talks about like uh, literally when you're in and this, this is like really always spoke to me. It's just like, it is so shocking the way they put it. It's like, you know, when you're in active addiction, you're really reduced to an animal level, like just an animal basic level where you're just going at a very, very primal you know, just, just as base instinctual survival level. Like you're just in full blown survival mode. You know what I mean? I'm just like, God, that's so brutal. You know what I mean? Just that characterization of it being literally, you're just reduced to just being a feral animal out, out there, you know? And, uh, and then also out of that, um, it talks about how, like when we're on the streets and running around, you know, we develop these survival strategies, these survival techniques that keep us alive in dangerous situations, dealing with dangerous people, you know, like, and so, and, and in, in a normal situation, like in normal everyday functioning life, like all of those things that we utilize as survival strategies in that world are actually like character defects in the real world. For example, like you have to be, you know, cunning and dishonest and aggressive and maybe like, you know, violent or or, you know, manipulative. Like these are all things that keep you alive and keep you safe in that world. And then when you transition into the real world, those survival techniques that you're so accustomed to utilizing now become like make you like an outcast in, in normal society, you know, and so it takes that transition of kind of relearning how to live again in so many different ways away from what kept you alive in 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 that world you know does that make sense yeah yeah totally 100 yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah yeah it's a trip so but they're very valuable yeah survival skills too yeah yeah and 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 it goes to also like i feel like so many of the people i know that are in recovery that are living you know doing all this stuff and i see it a lot in the bear community in general is just the idea and i've heard i've heard owen talk about it quite a bit but it's just like the idea of the anti-fragile mindset and actually richard grove the autonomy i was talking about in the beginning that's a big part of their course is just the anti-fragile mindset where it's like it's not uh okay so like you know people are, that's probably the biggest problem with our society is people are just way too fragile people are way too fragile and then it's just like they take offense to everything and they're not able to handle themselves you know what i mean and it's like they just want handouts or it's just like victimhood the more victim points you get 
the better, you know what I mean? And so the anti-fragile mindset is not necessarily the absence of that, but it's more so like leaning into adversity where it's like, okay, so all this horrible shit just happened. Just like, okay, good. Bring it on because it's going to make me stronger because only simply because I'm going to come out of this. I'm going to be way stronger, more capable, more skills. And so it's like leaning into adversity. And, uh, you know, I feel like what you're doing, what you're offering is teaching people to, you know, overcome, like, like step in to that scary area. And, and in doing so, it makes it less scary, like, like take some of the, the mysticism out of it. But, um, have you, uh, have you come across that whole just mentality of like the anti-fragile mindset? I know that somebody wrote a book about it. I can't remember who it was, but uh, are you familiar with this at all? Yeah, I am. And I was, I mean, it's, it's exactly where I was at. Um, you know, when I was first, you know, cleaning up my life, I wanted to do things that I didn't give myself a chance to do, which was, um, challenge myself, get very uncomfortable, push through pain, push through, um, you know, hardship. And, and that's what got me really into, uh, wilderness survival really. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, through working with the other school and working with other really talented guys, um, you know, was able to do stuff like, you know, spending, you know, a week or more in Alaska with nothing, you know, just a yeah. knife, you know, that kind of stuff, a knife in a, yeah. in a canteen and things like that. And so that I want to teach people that. And it's part of what Artos does is, you know, we have instructional courses um, and that's what we're doing right now. And they're kind of, those are the precursors and they'll, they'll, I'll have a progression of levels but my ultimate goal, and I'm hoping to pilot one of these courses this year um, that I'm probably just going to do. It's not going to be on my site, but I'll kind of do it through like social media and then next year release it um, is full immersion courses where we're going to go as a group and we're going to run a scenario, whether it's a weekend course, week long course, month long course. But we're going to run a scenario, survival scenario, and you're only allowed certain things. And we're going to work as a team sometimes. And sometimes you're going to have to figure things out just by yourself. And so um, some may be semi-instructional, some may be full. We let you loose. We'll be standing by but what, and have our eye on you, but we're going to let you loose and do your thing out here in the Montana wilderness. And um, so I want to be able to facilitate um, that for people because some people do need that controlled chaos environment um to start with but it will give them the confidence in the long run to be able to do it on their own should things get hairy when they're out in the real world dude i love that that sounds so amazing man i just am uh i just congratulations man this is such a cool Thanks. thing you get to do so uh so if it comes to like wilderness survival so you know looking at your website i want to encourage everybody go check it out it's artos survival a-r-t-o-s survival.com and you guys can just browse around and see all the different um packages or services or clinics classes whatever you want to call it but uh but when it comes to like survival wilderness first aid Let's let's talk a little bit about that because uh you know I'm sure a lot of us spend a lot of time outdoors camping hiking that sort of stuff like what what would you say is like kind of the first thing that comes to mind when you're thinking about just uh you know say somebody doesn't really have a whole lot of experience with like you know wilderness first aid or just having a kit some sort of like preparedness kit like what would be the first thing that you'd recommend to somebody in that situation when it comes to that I know it's a broad question but you know it, it is yeah. um I would say um training 
um, you need to get training. So whether it's conventional first aid, which is important. And, um, you know, you can take a lot of first aid courses that are just really garbage and it's just a piece of paper for work or whatever. And then there's some really good instructors that care about what you're, they're doing. And I, I do, I do, you know, regular first aid and CPR courses, you know, for private organizations and government organizations and stuff like that. Um, and I, I care about it and I make sure people can do it correctly. Wilderness first aid is, uh, something that I focus on that I would like to transition a lot of people into doing, especially when you're talking about government organizations that do like land management, like forest service, fish and wildlife, things and like, like that, they need that stuff because, uh, wilderness basic first aid is assuming you have uh, a higher level of care nearby mm -hmm. i.e an ambulance or an airlift or a hospital wilderness first aid is it could be out in the woods it could be out in the desert it could be for example when hurricane katrina happened uh new orleans was like it was gone like nothing was no services there was nothing serving the people the hospitals were down so that could be considered wilderness or remote first aid as well so it's an actual discipline wilderness medicine there are wilderness emts i'm a wilderness emt they're wilderness first responders and it emphasizes um it teaches first aid but gives the uh provider a higher level a higher scope of practice what we call it mm -hmm. um so it expands their scope of practice to um, do more than a regular first aid provider, or if you're an EMT, a wilderness EMT gives you more than an EMT. It emphasizes extended care, meaning you don't know when you're going to be getting to a hospital. So you need to be able to monitor and assess and, you know, act accordingly with your patient, um, wherever you're at and also improvised care too. So it's, um, you know, sometimes you, you don't have full kit, right? You don't have what a wilderness EMT might not have and probably doesn't have what they would have in their ambulance. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. things like that. So, um, yeah, I would say training, uh, not having medical training and, and thinking that, you know, what you're doing is a, is a bad idea. Um, things are constantly changing in emergency medicine not just regular not just emergency medicine but regular you know conventional medicine in in in, in hospital you know um obviously uh one of those changes they're giving more vaccines which i'm, I'm not a big oh fan. jesus yeah no <laughs> but, no 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 but um but yeah ems is always changing i mean from every two years we we research and um training is huge um a lot of uh, and speaking of the vaccine thing, here's something I've been getting a little ticked off by a lot of people, a lot of organizations, especially like big reputable ones are taking advantage of the fact that everyone got really lazy over the past few years and decided they never have to leave the house ever again. And yeah. giving out fully online certifications through like two hour training courses over, uh, you know, where wilderness first aid used to be a, a in-person 16 hour or more course with hands-on skills. They're now trying to do two-hour courses and certify people, which I believe is irresponsible and dangerous. So they, and these are reputable companies. They know what they're doing as far as their instructors and stuff, but I would personally recommend go out there, find a good instructor. Doesn't have to be me. Not everyone lives near me, uh, but get some hands-on, hands-on experience. Um, it's, you know, I mean, imagine being a, 
a cop after taking a three week online course. And now you're, now you've gone through the Academy and now you're. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like the example I use is just like, you know, when, when we were, uh, when you were showing us some stuff hands on, like in my head, you know, you watching a movies, you like, you see all these old Western movies or something like they just start a fire. They just go, they got a fire going. Right. I was sitting there. It was a nice sunny, clear day and I couldn't get the damn thing going for the life of me. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so Maybe this isn't as easy as I thought. So yeah, the hands-on piece and demystifying it, I found is like looking at something like I didn't know how to build a deck. I was like looking at that. I was like, oh God, like it was just the scariest thing in the world. The thought of building a deck, but I started going and doing it a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I bet you I could figure that out. Now I'm like, yeah, I can do that. You know what I mean? And so, so and then it escalates to the next yeah, thing, to the yeah, next thing. Exactly. Next hey, am I getting too dark here? Uh, I know it's dark out here. I mean, you're, you're all right. You're all right for now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I may turn a light on, but it does get a lot of glare. I don't have a studio yeah, like right. you do. So. Oh, you know, hey, this is like literally my bedroom, dude. I have like a blue. Well, light. Oh, it, sh- it don't looks tell the really people. good. Don't it tell the people. Really good. Don't tell the. I've I've experimented with lots of different looks, and I'm just using this for now. Who knows? We'll yeah. see. Uh, no, it's it's totally a progression, and yeah. and and if you can ease into these things, I mean, you you literally, um, I actually had a buddy asking me the other day he's like man how did you like so quickly transition into like getting out of babylon and like it's like i remember like a few years ago you were working with me here in the bay area and like all this i was like i was and he's like how i mean how do you plan for that i'm like dude you got to get used to the fact that like first of all plans never stay concrete they're always changing so you can give yourself a loose plan but be cool with being flexible don't worry about not having skills like when you have a minute and you find something in your house that needs fixing, look it up on YouTube and then go do it. It can be something tiny, but it's an extra little thing that you have now in your belt. And now you can help a friend do that at their house. And now you have the confidence to go onto a bigger job, something that, um, you know, before that little job, you would have never, you'd, you'd have picked that phone book up and, and I guess, googled it <laughs> now yeah, exactly exactly yeah. maybe out maybe up in your area of montana they still have phone books i don't know which is, uh, nice, do. which is great which is great i love it i love yeah. it that's awesome supposedly they didn't start using the dollar uh widely until like the 50s out here so. that's amazing dude that's <laughs> that's something that says something like yeah. that's that's a good criteria go if you're looking for a place to move go find a place that still uses phone books there you go yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah dude that's awesome uh so what would you say are some key items that you should have in your your pack if you're going out you're trudging out in the woods like one of the things that uh to me was brought to my attention is like a tourniquet i never thought of that like oh geez I have a tourniquet and then i i, I it's on my to-do list i just need to do it but even just to have with me like if i'm on the job site like if i just like nick myself or something like at the wrong spot at the wrong time with a chisel or a freaking saw or a saw blade or something dude like it could be game over real quick but if you got a little uh tourniquet in your pouch you might be able to yeah. You know, you might you might lose a limb, but you could definitely say, save your life. You know, so I, that's something that I definitely have on my list to get. But anyway, what are some other key items? So real quick about tourniquets. Yeah. Especially in your line of work. A lot yeah. of people's lines of work. Uh, they are now the standard method of stopping severe bleeding. So yeah. where, you know, even just three years ago, it was direct pressure. Yeah. OK, but if there's one good thing that we have learned from being more than 20 years in the middle east uh it's a lot about hemorrhaging so uh tourniquets have have really uh there's been a lot of statistics that we've gotten uh that are pro tourniquet so uh they're coming out with really good tourniquets um the cat tourniquet 
CAT combat application training is the standard. There's a few other good ones out there. Just be careful of knockoffs. If you guys are going to buy them, they break. And, um, and then um, there's some that are marketed. Um, I don't want to call out people too much, but there's some that are like the high speed special ops operators uh, for a while. We're, we're recommending a certain one that's made that it's an elastic one. Um, and people were going, oh, well, this guy's a green beret, so he must know what he's talking about. End up not being the best thing in the world. So, guys, just go with a cat tourniquet. Okay. There's other ones too, but that's 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 just the standard. Um, there's some other cool stuff coming out, and time will tell if those are effective. I would say take a first aid class. If you don't have time for a full six to eight hour first aid class, do a stop the bleed class for your your hemorrhaging. It's a couple hours or something like that, and it's it's really um it's good. It's good to, to have those skills. So as far as wilderness, what you need in your kit, obviously you need the equipment for, um, yep, there you go. North American Rescue is a great place to source your medical gear. Cool. Um, they are legit and, um, and they are um, not Amazon. So they're like Amazon yeah. has cats, but they also have knockoff cats where you'll get a four pack for thirty one fifty nine instead of the, gotcha. the actual one yeah. for thirty one fifty nine. Okay, so, so that's it. That the combat application tourniquets. Yeah, yeah so there and you it's go. Super easy it. to use, but you sh- you need to get training. Um, okay, you, you know it's it, you can find out how to use them on YouTube properly, yeah. but there's also stuff that's stupid on YouTube. So, <laughs> no, you don't say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, for kit, you need the gear that you would use for whatever activity, obviously, that you're going to be doing. And so sometimes, depending on season, depending on, um, you know, environment, you know, what are we in a, the mountains? Are we in the desert? Are we, you know, are we on a, on a river? You know, whatever. That's going to change what your survival kit looks like. And it's going to change what your uh, medical kit looks like. And it's going to change what your activity equipment looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to need an ore if I'm rock climbing. Sure. Unless I'm, unless I'm belaying down a cliff face to the river to go, you know, something like that. Yeah. But, um, but you guys get what I'm saying. Yep. As far as like standard survival equipment, um, a kit needs to have... Um, and we go pretty in depth with this part of, you know, survival is being prepared. Um, but um, having uh, a ways to make shelter, you're not always going to be able to have a tent on you or whatever sleep system that you, you prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, so having stuff like an emergency reflective blanket is really good. Um, they make them in like kind of a tarp style, too. It's really nice. Having cordage. So paracord is probably number one. Having signal capability is really really important the reason i went straight to signals because i was talking about paracord a lot of people will get the the camo or the the olive drab paracord it's like guys if we want to be found we want orange paracord right we want something that that stands out if we're not trying to be found we take that we can take that uh more camouflage stuff but sure um if you um and you're going to need stuff to start fire with fire is one of these things that we want to have redundancies is what we call them so it's it's multiple ways to do one thing. So um, fire could be, uh, you know, a lot of people use the ferro rod. I just did an article in the in the Baratari Times mag. I didn't even know it was going to be in there, but they they put it in there. Uh, ferro rod is, you'll see bushcrafters, you see people do them. That's their standard way of making a fire. 
I disagree with that. I also did a, I did a, uh, um, yeah, I actually did a thing about fire. So one of the things about ferro rods is they take some practice, they take some dexterity. Um, and, um, if we need a fire right now, chances are it's kind of cold. So if it's really cold, you may be actually going into at least mild hypothermia. And one of our, uh, our, our symptoms of mild hypothermia are stumbles, fumbles, and mumbles, right? So we're shivering, right? Um, and so that dexterity, that fine motor function decreases with those that illness, okay? So not only that, you're now, unless you have a striker for it, a lot of people use a knife to strike that ferro rod. So if, if people don't know, ferro rod is like a, a round little bar that makes sparks. And so now you're playing with a knife while you're shivering, increasing your chances for an, a hemorrhage, right? So I recommend having a ferro rod on, you, on your kit as a backup, but you're far better off trying to start a fire first with a, a lighter. I like Bic lighters. I think they work really good. Sometimes they get wet. The ultimate to me is uh, stormproof matches. I don't normally go with like, you have to get this brand, but with stormproof matches, you have to get the UCO brand. And I prefer the Titan match because it is a larger match and burns a lot longer. You will not be able to blow it out. You will not be able to submerge it and put it out by submerging it. Once it's lit, it's lit. And it takes very little dexterity to, um, to light. And um, it's, I've tried some of the other brands and I've seen, uh, certain ones like the Zippo brand fails. Uh, I've seen multiple in one canister fail. I've never seen one UCO Titan match fail ever. Hmm. So that's, that's one instance where I will give you a specific brand and product. Um, other things like water filtration and treatment. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. That's a big, that's a big, uh, thing I have questions about too. So yeah, I've seen like so lots of different ways of doing that. Or like, what would you recommend just something in the kit or is there a way to do it? Like in, in nature, like I say, you don't have anything like what's like so the worst case scenario. The definitive way to treat water is boiling. Boiling, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's why we take a single walled stainless steel canister with mm -hmm. us, clean canteen, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can get the Sportsman's Warehouse brand one, whatever. Um, that is going to be huge. There are ways we can boil in natural containers that we find. We can boil, and I demo this in my course. You can boil in a the flimsiest plastic shopping bag that you get at the store. Uh, so if you find that on the trail or something like that, um, you, you can do it even if you don't have another container. So we, can do, we can do that uh, if we need to. I recommend now most, uh, most backcountry environments, we're not super worried about things like viruses or, uh, you know, some of these like chemicals like they would have in a rural area, like, like, like farm runoff and stuff. So a filter is just a really good option. I recommend the Sawyer Mini. Um, it's a really cool little tiny filter, 100,000 gallon capacity. Um, it comes with a little bag you can fill up in a river and then you screw it on and then squeeze it through. It goes in line with your camel back. It's got a straw so you can turn it into a life straw, but it's got a longer life than a life straw does. It screws into standard threads. So you find a Pepsi bottle in the woods, screw that on there. It'll, it'll work with that too. And it also can back flush in the field. So if it hmm. gets clogged up from sediment, it comes with a little syringe. You just squirt it through the opposite way and it will blow all that out. And then it's brand new again. Wow. So it's a, it's a really great little filter, Sawyer Mini. 
That's all the Sawyer products are great. If you find yourself in a more urban environment where there are chemicals and things, they have what's called, I think it's the S3 and it's a little foam bottle that connects to your mini or your micro and it, you kind of squeeze it back and forth and it takes out all the quote unquote viruses and chemicals and stuff. So, oh boy, I got a lot of people listening right now that'll be they're gonna start at the comments section. Be like, you fuckers, there's no viruses. Yeah, yeah. They're aggressive, <laughs> dude. They're aggressive these days. They could, like the other day we had um Peter McCullough on our injected show. Like just it was just a fun little dating show that I do. And they these people were calling in just excoriating him, you fucking chill, you fucking the viruses. We're like, dude, chill out. You guys, man. I you you may not be understanding me right now. All I'm doing is protecting my certifications. There okay? you go. There you go. Yeah. See, I've gone deep down that rabbit hole, and I think I have I have questions, folks. I have lots of questions here. It's yeah. just like, like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyway. But yeah. Note, so, yeah. Uh, a, a proper med kit and a med kit is always going to be a. Um, it's going to. I, I say this a lot. Situation dictates. So depending on what you're doing, that's what it's going to make a difference in how you pack that kit, just like any other kit. Um, and I always include med. Uh, part of my curriculum for basic survival is wilderness first aid, because I do believe that uh, medical training um, and medical skills is part of any survival uh, skill set, because uh, most of the time. The emergency in, a, in the wilderness either is in and of itself or involves an injury or an illness. Mm. So that's going to be part of your survival um, protocol when you are in a, a situation like that. Cool. Um, what else did I not get to? Oh, signaling. I talked about a little bit. Yep, yep, yep. A compass is nice to have. If you know how to use it, you should probably learn how to use it. Um, they, some of them come with a little lid with a mirror. You can, that doubles as a, as a signal mirror. So you have what's called a multi-use item. So you have redundancies. That's multiple ways to do one thing. And multi-use items is one thing that does multiple things. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and then, you know, stuff like a pad of paper, writing the rain pads are nice because you because they can get wet and you can still write, you know, Sharpies, big pens or, or a space pen or whatever. Um, and so stuff like that, um, those are going to be some of your big ones. And uh, yeah, it should be something that you, sh that you can always carry with you uh, when you're doing stuff outdoors and, and even like, Having an urban kit is going to be a little different. You can throw that in your vehicle. But um, yeah, it's the 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 thing to note is your most common casualty in the wilderness is your day hiker. Okay. These are a lot of times people that don't do a lot of outdoor stuff, but they're especially during the the Corona stuff, they, you know, a lot of people's first time going out. Yeah. So they were doing stupid stuff or just doing things they just didn't know that were, yeah. it's not, it's not, it can't be common sense if it's not common. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it is, uh, imperative that we are able to spend the night, even if we don't plan to. Mm, that's a good piece of advice. Be prepared to stay the night, even if you don't want to. Uh, I was going to say, Patrick, why don't you take a moment, turn your lights on? Because I probably yeah. figured we'll go for about another 15 minutes or so. At least, you know, we might yeah. get swept away. But, but hey, however long you want. Yeah, let's let's keep rolling here. But I just want to just, you know, while you're doing that, I just want to yeah. continue to highlight folks here, you guys. Just uh, artosurvival.com. Super cool. Look at like the branding, the logos, dude. I just love the look of the website. But also, <clears> you know, if you scroll down here, so here's uh, the different courses that he offers. The better. Three day uh yeah way better dude let's do that let's roll with that so 
Um, I'm curious about, uh, so there's several different uh, packages, I guess you could say that you offer. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about those, but also I'm really curious about this one where it talks about, um, you know, all ages. So, so what, what do you, what do you have geared towards like families or, or kids in general? Yeah. So that one, um, is it's geared, my classes in general, I try to have a little bit of a more mature, uh, class, um, in some, you know, you have 12 year olds that are pretty, pretty, you know, badass and, and, and get it, you know, and, and even younger sometimes, um, but they are fast paced. So it's stuff where I want people to be able to keep up. Um, and the medical certifications are 14 and up, uh, mm. just because of the certifying body. Yeah. Um, so I want to be able to get younger kids or people that are just unsure whether they can handle a two or three or more day course. I want to get people introduced to it. Um, so they have some knowledge because like my my thing is I want people to have these skills. That's number one. I want to make I'd love to make a living off of it. Um, I, I hope this business really, really like takes off. But the biggest thing is like people need to know how to stay alive. I wanted to go into service to military, firefighting, EMT, because I wanted to help people. I figured out the best way to help people for me. And I was led to this is to show people what I know. So that's a that's a really good way. If you don't ever have to call the police or the fire department or the EMTs or the paramedics, that's the best thing, right? Exactly. Oh, you yeah, of course. All search and rescue, right? Yeah, so totally. I wanted to introduce people. And so it could be an adult. It could be an adults that go to that class that just aren't sure. Or maybe they're just not fit. And, and that, there's another uh, survival um, necessity. It's never too late to start getting fitter and healthier, guys. Absolutely. But yeah, I want to get, you know, it could be children's birthdays. You know, maybe it's a, a group of a kid and his five friends and his mom says, for your birthday, we're going to go to this one day class. We're going to learn about stuff. So it's going to be an introduction to get to get people uh, interested into it. And, and they can walk away um, having gotten their hands on some stuff, too. So they, they'll be better prepared than they were had they not gone to that course. That's awesome, man. Okay, cool. So, uh, tell me a little bit about more of like the, uh, oh, well, I guess I have this question too here. So, uh, do you do firearms training at all? I don't. A lot of people yeah. uh, think that I do. Yeah. Um, I don't. Um, I, uh, all the bears are going to know Vertac. Yeah. I'd recommend them. I do, I do my training through them. Great cool. guys and, um, just like amazing instruction and, I'm not a military guy. I'm not a cop. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can't shoot. Doesn't mean I wouldn't yeah. be able to instruct, but that's just not my wheelhouse. My, my wheelhouse yeah, totally. is medical and survival. Okay. And, and having a firearm in the wilderness is a good idea provided you know how to use it. That was going to be my next question. So what kind of sidearm or what kind of uh, protection would you recommend out in the wilderness dealing with like up in Montana? Like you, you guys probably have in, in our geographical region about the, probably the most intimidating wildlife out there I'd say maybe. Right. I, that's uh, the vision I have. Like, Big old, uh, what, grizzlies and elk and all these things? Most. Yeah, so it depends what you mean by the most uh, dangerous wildlife. Yeah, I'm a lot know. more scared of, like, uh, you know, creepy crawlers. Okay, crawlies sure. can bite me. Yeah. Um, snakes and stuff. I'm not so worried about rattlesnakes um, because I've been around and been in the, or even around the Mojave Greens down in the SoCal deserts and stuff like that, which is one of the more deadly uh, rattlesnakes out there. Um but we don't have rattlesnakes. Okay. We don't have any venomous snakes where I live in, in Montana, which is great. 
We also don't have poison oak, which is another thing that I'm just so I thank God for that. Um, what we do have are grizzly bears and black bears. We have wolves. We have coyotes. We have mountain lions. We have moose and elk. And they're all, you know, uh, you know, moose more than elk are da- more dangerous. But, yeah, we do have dangerous big animals. I don't have as much of a problem with that because I can see it a lot easier um, as long as it's in my field of view. Right. Sometimes like mountain lions are ambush predators. So uh, so you may not see that. Um, yeah. For sidearms. I mean, it's always good to have some bear spray. Um, a lot of people think that's like uh, that's the end all be all. And it does work. Um, but I recommend like always having redundancies, having multiple ways to do one thing. Right. So I, I recommend carrying a firearm uh, when you're out there. Uh, I, you know, it's the standard Alaska guide gun is a 44 Magnum. Uh, I personally believe we're past that. Um, yeah. And of, of course, the older guys are going to are going to be still carrying those because that's what they train with. And that's what they've always had. Um, but um you know it it, we've we're kind of in semi-automatic in the century of semi-automatics they work so well you know especially the the glocks and the and the other brand glocks like the smith and wesson's all that stuff um you know it was 10 millimeter for a while i'm looking at ballistics i'm talking to my guys in the firearms industry and nine millimeters got so good that uh and the the uh powders and the ballistics have gotten so good where they make such good uh outdoorsman rounds that i'd actually be more comfortable carrying my nine with more a lot more rounds like sure. almost twice as many as a, as a 10 millimeter and being able to put more shots on target with a fast moving high penetration round cool good to know man good to know good to know yeah. Okay, well, let's get into some of the courses you offer. So we talked about the basically the one day all ages one, but what are what are some of the uh, main packages that you offer? So this is um, so this is kind of the starter. This is my you know this will be my second operational year. First year was kind of a tester year. Every 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 year is an experiment. You're trying yeah, to totally. figure out what works. But um, so the original course is a three day basic survival and wilderness first aid course. Um, sounds so awesome, man. It's, it's awesome. And it's real, it's jam packed. So the last one we did in October was like 15 hours a day. Uh, we train to a standard, not to a schedule. So we're done when you finish and you do it properly. Okay. So you could be up pretty late. Um, and so I offer that because like I said, your survival skill set is not complete without some medical training. So I combine the two. But I also recognized at the by the end of last year, not everyone can take three days. And not everyone wants something as fast paced. So I decided I'm going to offer them separately also. So I'm going to have um, some dates with the combination, and I'm going to have them run separately. So your wilderness first aid is going to be your medical training. Your basic survival is going to be everything from preparedness, mindset, um, you know, how to build kits, Um you know, basic, uh, orientation. Like I'm not going to map and compass is its own course and I'll, and I'll roll a specific course for that out, uh, in the near future, but talking about, you know, being aware of landmarks and what we call uh, reverse or escape azimuths. Um, and, um, uh, so that's like finding your way out based on, um, terrain features. Um, like I said, situational awareness. Then we go into things like from the minute your emergency starts, 
you know, what, where to, where to start. So first thing we need to do is we need to find a place to settle down, build shelter. We need to make a fire. Um, we need to think about maybe putting a signal near our shelter. Right. Uh, and then we got to start thinking about water because that's the next thing that is a necessity. So they, people talk about the rule of threes. It's more like the guideline of threes, but the guideline of threes doesn't sound as good as the rule of threes. So mm -hmm. it's three, uh, people say three, we, we added three seconds to respond to a threat. Many times it's a lot shorter than that, but, uh, three minutes, uh, without air, um, three hours without shelter, three days without water and three weeks without food. It's give or take. I mean, you go in the desert, it's going to be probably less than three days. Yeah. Uh, if you're, and depending on your fitness level, it, it, it could be quite different. So yeah. um, we kind of go through that progression and we get you, you you're going to build a shelter. You're going to get to sleep in that, that shelter that you build um, throughout the, the duration of the course. So that's pretty cool. Um, people really enjoy doing that. Some people are a little scared of it. Sometimes you might be sleeping with spiders or whatever it may be, but it, it's, it's really good experience. And um and so, yeah, we just go through that whole progression. We do some scenarios. We talk about, um, you know, we try to apply it to real life, um, you know, and, um, you know, we put a little little condition on things and a little standard on things. So they puts a little pressure on and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, from there, um, hopefully coming here in the next over the next few years, I'm going to be rolling out more uh, advanced courses, more specialized um skills courses like i mentioned map and compass i'm going to do specific wild plant courses specific courses on tracking hunting um specific courses on building primitive tools um so things like that and then of course i'd like to um my my the thing i'm really excited about is doing these field courses these full immersion courses where we're we're actually going out we're gonna uh, put you in a scenario and you're gonna survive uh, and there's going to be level, there's going to be progression. Like I said, from our uh, instructional courses to our field courses, it's going to be, there's going to be level one, two, three, or basic intermediate advanced, however you want to say it, but there's, it's going to build up. So you're going to be preparing yourself to do more and more um, out there. I, I will say our basic survival course is um, designed to give you a, I call it a near universal complete system. So you're going to be able to provide for all your needs in almost any environment. There's some environments where you need specific training. And I'll also do specific environment courses, hopefully like uh, desert, cold weather. Uh, well, cold weather, these these still skills will still work. I'm thinking more like heavy snow. That's sure. when you start getting into more um, specific skills and specific gear that you need to take with you. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try and run the gamut. But I, I do believe this just the basic course alone will equip you for 90 to 95% of wilderness emergencies, man. I just love it so much. And then I was just looking at your website too. You have like the, your vision for future courses, man. Like just, yeah. uh, I feel like, uh, like a lot of, it's on a lot of people's minds, the urban preparedness survival. Mm -hmm. Like that's awesome. Uh, the tools and weapon craft, primitive skills, bushcrafting. Um, you know, these, this is fantastic, man. And so it's like, so cool to hear, like that you've, you just had a successful first year. You've got a vision for where the future is. And, uh, you know, that's just so exciting, man. I can't wait to see where your journey goes. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to ask you, have you ever heard of, I pulled this up here too. So there's this guy, uh, it's this guy named Selco. 
Yeah. Begovic, you know what I'm talking about? The, the, yeah, the Balkan uh, War. Serbia, was it? Yeah, the Serbia, the Bosnia. Yeah, I talk about it a lot on the show. And it's like, you can find like a copy of it, but it's basically this guy that like survived like a year, complete mm -hmm. grid down, no water, no electricity in an urban environment during a, in a war. And just, you know, the lessons and the takeaways from like actually being in that situation. And, and it's like so cool hearing like people asking him questions like, okay, so what's bullshit and what's real? Like what's, what's legit and what isn't? And he's like, you know, the two most, and the thing that like some of the things that are so crazy is like the two most important things are, uh, uh, alcohol and antibiotics. Like his, his like, if you don't have those two things, like in that environment, like you're, you're screwed. And it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 It, it, he was really big. Uh, like he was all over like YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Uh, probably five, six, seven years ago. And I really got, I, I watched one where he kind of narrated a video talking about his experience. And I mean, it was like, it was like spine tingling, yeah. heart wrenching stuff to listen yeah. to really cool stuff. One of the things I, um, I think I mentioned on Owen stream was, and I got this from Selco and it makes a whole lot of sense is, um, you know, he talked about one of the things that um, is good to stockpile like you buy a, a lighters yep. you buy a 50 pack of those yeah and you have some power yep you know you have yep. some power because fire is so important i mean it's literally in a wilderness and this is going to be the same if 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 your utilities go out shelter fire that's it they go hand in hand and in the wilderness signal is goes hand in hand with your shelter too but no matter your environment you need to stay warm you need to stay sheltered right so yeah having that and you and you know arguably you need to cook your food too but you know not everybody does that so sure sure i mean we live in such a fragile society again people are so detached from basic things that they don't have any fundamental understanding of like where our heat comes from or where our our comforts come from and we're so coddled and pampered and it's like you know when you're when it's you versus nature like nature doesn't give a shit about you and it's completely unforgiving you have to like you have to be your own your own source of everything at that point. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about, you know, I'm very much a lightweight amateur when it comes to this stuff, but I like to think of myself as being maybe more prepared than the next guy. And really, you know, I don't know, but, but I, but I'm still very, very slow on this journey, but it's something that I find very important, especially the last couple of years. You know, I've, I, you know, it's funny. I, I went from living on like a kind of a homestead area out in Oregon you know, just renting like a little, little place on a homestead with a few other people living on the same property. Now I'm like literally like a few, like, like a court, like three quarters of a mile from downtown Nashville, like in the city, right off the highway, dude. Like, it's just insane. And so like, I'm trying to get my bearings, trying to figure out what my next moves are. But, uh, you know, I found myself, I'm back in deep in the urban environment. And, uh, but it's like, you know, if, if it all hits the fan tomorrow, dude, like, whew, I don't know, but, but I don't like to, I don't like to think like that. We prepare for that sort of thing, but then we're just, uh, you know, so as we kind of wind down here, what would be your thoughts on that? Because you live in this world, you live in this world of preparedness, of responding to crisis, of being, uh, you know, the per the person who can be the one that's able to show up and take care of others that maybe aren't as prepared. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. inherently in that mindset, there is like this kind of underlying just like, oh, what if, you know, what if things go bad? What if things go bad? And maybe it could almost be ascribed as like a, a fear. But how do you maintain uh, you know, avoiding the fear, avoiding, you know, uh, being in, in a place of, of, of fear as you're navigating all this stuff. Well, that's something that I've been working on over the past two or three years more and more. Um, because as a lot of other people that have gotten to preparing and survival and homes, homesteading and things like that, 
people will relate to me on this. You find out about they, quote unquote, right? And I did very soon after I got my life in order. And I started doing the panic buying. Yeah. And really just like buying things I didn't even necessarily need, um, you know, uh, were, you know, wasting money, uh, finding out later, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have bought that. Or even like putting myself in more of a financial hole, thinking I need to have something right now. And um, that's actually one of the things that has helped me a lot with uh, that the bears have helped me a lot with is and, and Owen has helped me a lot with is um like, like stepping back and being like, guys, they've been saying this is going to ha- happen for, for decades. Yep. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it never has. Well, not that it never has. We just talked about Selco, right? But sure. Um, but it's not something that you can predict. I mean, you can predict it, but it's not something you're going to be able to call every time. And you're actually more better off preparing for likely emergencies. Like where I am, it's wildfires you know, um, you know, where I used to live, it was earthquakes. And so doing stuff like that, and then building off that. But one thing you have to really understand is, if you spend your whole life worrying about when the shoe's going to drop, um, it's not a life to live. Okay, it is it's just not a life to live. If all I'm doing, if all I'm worried about is what the next prep I'm gonna get is, it's no different than me living on the street and wondering when the next 20 bucks I'm going to get is so I can get a bag. Yeah. It's no different. And so it's something I'm working on. I'm, I'm very much one of these like thinking of the future kind of people, obviously. And, um, but like I've had to say, Hey, you know what? I'm setting this side day aside to go do something fun. I'm going to totally. go skiing today. I'm going to relax or I'm going to go in the bath and read a book, shower, bath. <laughs> I don't know, guys. But um, but, uh, you know, so you have to you have to be realistic. Some people are just gung ho doomsday prepper. But I, I don't want to live my life like that. And I and I have faith. I, I, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in God and I know he's going to take care of me. And the more you get to that place, the less worried you you are about what you have and how prepared you are. And that's the other thing too, is you got to have community. You're never going to provide everything for yourself. It's just not going to happen. Be useful to other people. Be kind to other people. Um, They'll appreciate it and it won't go unnoticed and be willing to help, help them provide certain things for them if they see you busting ass for this one thing oh they can work on this other thing and you guys know you you can uh maybe the phone lines go out but you guys can hike over to each other's houses and and trade this or that another thing guys i mentioned this earlier it's time start today gorilla biscuits i don't know if anyone was punk rock band. gorilla biscuits <laughs> don't know about that what is this tell me tell There's me a hardcore band uh, oh. Start today is one of their songs. Oh, gotcha! It's uh, it's never too late, guys, to start getting in shape. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just, even if you can't do one push up, do the push up tomorrow, or not even tomorrow. Start today, like I said, do the push up. Do one. Tomorrow, do two push ups. Yeah. Okay. Build off it. Get uncomfortable. Don't get comfortable in your workout regimen. Um, you know, make sure every time you work out. 
you're getting uh, you're getting gains. And that doesn't mean you got to get big or be a bodybuilder. I'm talking about getting healthy, working out in a versatile way so you can run, so you can hike. Now, everyone's at a different place in their health. Some people have genetic illnesses, genetic defects, whatever. You know, some people are born with diabetes or whatever it is, but you can still get more healthy. There's never an excuse to not get more healthy. You may be 50 years old and say, well, how do you expect me to be able to, you know, uh, bench press 300 pounds? I don't expect you to do that. You're not going to be as fit as you were in your in your 20s, your teens. But you, you let yourself go. It's time to get back to where to your full potential now. And you can do that. And part of that is diet, too. Mm -hmm. You don't have to work out at a gym. You can you can buy a kettlebell. You can buy a dip bar. You can um, you can do like intense hikes. You can go do pull ups on a tree. There's no excuse not to be healthy, guys. I'm not I'm not telling you to be healthy so you can be ripped. I'm telling you to be healthy so you can live long. You can survive and you can be an asset because if you're dragging ass and you're dead weight, you're going to get left behind. I don't care if it's a wilderness survival situation. If the dollar collapses tomorrow and everything goes haywire or the zombies come or whatever, people don't want to carry your weight. No. Yeah. You don't want to be that. You want to be an asset to the team. Absolutely, man. So good way to put it. And then that's, that's just a way to, you know, ensure your survival and, and contribution to community. The best thing you do for your community, for yourself is to be, you know, in shape and, and be a contributor, you know, that's, that's hundred percent, man. You nailed it. So man. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much, man. I really want to encourage everybody also to go follow you on Instagram. You're always posting really cool stuff. Um, I feel like you, and there's you guys, there's a link in the episode description is Artos underscore survival on Instagram. But, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, you, you ever think about doing like any online courses to like generate business or start a podcast or anything like that? Or yeah, yeah, I've thought about doing some online courses. Um, right now, I'm really just trying to get solid with my my clients on on doing in-person stuff and getting people yeah. those hands-on skills, like I said. But yeah, I've thought about there's, you know, doing some online stuff. Certainly, it's, like... As well, I was going to say, it's one of the things I learned in this autonomy course is that it's a great way, let's say you do have like an in-person, like either brick or mortar or like a in-person course type design, you know, a good way to generate leads for that is to offer online courses. Then people, Hey, if you want more, you can kind of like upsell or bring people to your, your real world one just by, uh, you know, bringing them in the front door with like an online course or something like that too, or just something free, you know, say, Hey, you know, check this out. Here's like a 10 survival strategies for free PDF or something like that. And then if you want to learn more, click here and it kind of brings them on this journey. And eventually they're there in Montana you know, doing the deal. So yeah. And, yeah. and definitely doing um, like the, some of the urban preparedness could be pretty conducive over uh, over an online course over yeah. a wilderness because go. it's going to be like, yo, you can use this. I can demo it on a zoom call or whatever it is. And, and people don't necessarily have to do hands on. And then, yeah, the podcasting, man, this is, I think the fourth or fifth podcast I've been on, or maybe fourth podcast I've been on now. And it's been in just a few months time but i really do enjoy doing these um and um i don't have the gear to do that yet or the equipment and stuff but um it's something i thought about doing um i'm not sure what the if it would necessarily be a um a arto survival associated thing or not um or maybe it would be partly associated but 
I thought about doing then, and we didn't really get too much into this, but a lot of the spiritual warfare stuff yeah, totally. that I've talked about with demons and angels. Yep. And, yep. and we did, I, me and Owen didn't even scrape the surface, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, which yeah. is crazy. But, um, but uh, you know, it's maybe something along those lines or maybe combine all the stuff. Yeah. And just yeah. do something different every, every week would be fun or something like that. That's, I mean, that's what I do, man. Like, it's so much fun. Like literally yeah. like some, some damn talks talking about wilderness preparedness. Like last night we were talking about like whether or not Joan Benet Ramsey was all like AI <laughs> generated, you know what I mean? Wow. Like completely like a deep fake, like they had deep fake technology back then. The whole Joan Benet Ramsey murder was all fake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we talk about like, Oh, then, Oh, check out the one from the other night. I had a guy that was really knowledgeable about all the firearm stuff, like all the legislation going on nice. these days. Like it's crazy. You know I mean so it's like i don't have any like format for the show i just talk to people that i think are interesting it's fantastic yeah. you know what i mean and we try to focus on solutions as much as possible but uh yeah. but if you ever want if you ever have questions if you ever want any help with any of that th any of that stuff let me know man i'd be happy to like help i love helping people get their podcast going so absolutely yeah. i mean it's slow going with you know the business the homestead yep. this and that but when i'm ready for that phase cool i'll, I'll give you a shout cool man yeah. awesome well tell everybody where they can follow and support your work yeah, so um, best way to support me is come take a class. Uh, I'm in Northwest Montana. Artosurvival.com is where you sign up. Um, it says also on my site, um, I do other courses as well. There's a there's a future course um, list that that uh, Scott showed um, that they haven't rolled out publicly, but I could certainly do them uh, privately. Um, I travel pretty much. I can travel anywhere for the right price. Um, you know, and, you know, the right accommodations and, um, uh, I can even customize courses for you. Say you wanted to, you have a, a, a group, a club, a, a, your, your small business wants to do a, an outing to, to bond and, and learn some cool stuff together. I'd certainly come out and do that. So you can support me there, or you can just tell your friends about me. You can go on, uh, my Instagram, Arto survival. I think you said you posted in your description. Yep. Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm most active on Instagram, um, but also Facebook, uh, TikTok, all the all the good stuff. I, I will say I, I cannot stand social media. I'm uh, I'd never had social media until I started my business, and I'm slowly trying to grow into enjoying it more. And you could probably tell I'm not a huge fan of it <laughs> from my videos, but um, but I'm really trying to get into it because it is a good tool to use yeah. if you use it properly. I, I just don't want to be the um online clout chaser type of person or anything yeah like. dude i feel you like it's a great tool if you're utilizing it to uh, like like what exactly what you're doing to like share skills share knowledge and also yeah. in your own personal life like gain independence and autonomy you know what i mean like i yeah. i use facebook to promote my handyman business and it's like haha i'm using your tools to give myself more freedom and autonomy in my life yeah. so screw you yeah. facebook like <laughs> use yeah. their systems against them so anyway yeah uh, well, Patrick, man, thank you so much for coming on tonight. That was a fantastic discussion. I hope everyone goes and follows and supports. At least go check out artosurvival.com, you guys. Go read up on it. Um, you know, it's never too late to get started on all this stuff. And uh, it's one of those things also where every little bit, every little incremental step in the right direction brings you closer to, you know, further further from where you were the day before. And it's just all an incremental journey, you know. You know, you're not going to have all the preps. You're not going to have all the knowledge ever. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a journey, you know, so enjoy it. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. Uh, we'll have you back again soon. Uh, awesome. You know, anytime you want to promote anything or we can talk about other things next time, just let me know. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you guys. So anyway, uh, I'll catch up with you soon. Make sure you check out the injected show tomorrow at nine Eastern with the great Frank Cavanaugh. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. So in 2023, remember no fear, just crushing.
All right. That's right. See you guys later. All right. Peace. Thanks, guys. All right.